Prince Uche the Four from Palace Sports on Snapchat, rocking with you for our first episode of the Palace Sports Podcast. If you've been listening, you know that this is far from our first episode, but we've decided to start over to bring you guys better and more consistent content. And if this is your first podcast with us, welcome and make sure you guys are following the Snapchat Palace Sports and the Instagram at the Palace Sports. So let's get right into it. Joining me today on our podcast, we have our very own Canadian connection and co-host Caleb Hamstra, as well as a special guest from Charlotte, North Carolina, Blake Briscoe. Welcome, you two. How you doing? How we doing? Thanks for having us. Let's go. Of course. So, all right. As we know, the NFL season is right around the corner with our first game between the Cowboys and Buccaneers happening tomorrow. I just want to start off with a question for you, Blake. Because as a diehard Panthers fan, I just want to know, <laughs> what do you think about the Cam Newton situation? Cam Newton situation. Uh, I feel that he wasn't given a real opportunity. I mean, if you look back even to when he first came to New England, um, he went in there, he was signed, what, two months before the season started with no training camp, no preseason um and 50% of his team gone um, due to opt-outs. So um, this is supposed to be this, his first year to really show after having that whole uh, year under his belt, getting used to the complex system that is Belichick's uh, playbook. And um, just understanding, I guess just understanding the Patriot way, you know, having that, that one year under his belt. Um, so I feel that he, he just wasn't given an opportunity overall. Um, it's it's sad to see, you know, because I feel that Cam could still play football in this league. And I still believe that he is better than some of the starters for other teams today. So um, hopefully he gets another opportunity. Hopefully another team signs him and um, I'm part of me wants him to go. Um, I mean, I could see the possibility of him coming home here to Charlotte uh, if Sam Donald struggles and um, PJ Walker isn't much different. I, I can see that being a possibility. I can also see the possibility of him going back to his coach where he had the most success in uh, Washington with Ron Rivera. Um, I can also see him going to a QB meeting team like the, uh, I was thinking like Indianapolis, because um, uh, Carson Wentz has shown that he's not reliable health-wise. And, uh, and we've seen this preseason that their other two choices being Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason aren't that great of options. I definitely feel you on the Cam Newton thing. Uh, I do believe what he said that there are not 32 other quarterbacks that are better than him. Like, there's no way. There's no way. So, I felt what you said about Washington. I was thinking about that. Colts is interesting. I didn't even think to think about that one. But I mean, yeah, yeah he should he should have a job here sometime soon. Like. I hadn't thought of the Colts either, but uh, Washington, that's I, – I was thinking that too. It makes a lot of sense. Him and Ron Rivera, they have that connection. And, I mean, 
they have a quarterback, but even if you go like a 1A, 1B type split at quarterback in Washington and give Cam Newton the chance that I think he really does deserve. Um, I was reading reports, though, that in New England, um, he wasn't learning the playbook as well as they had hoped he would. Um, Apparently, he was getting a – crap, I'm blanking now. They're young quarterback. They just drafted him. I'm having a break. Matt Jones. Thank you. Thank you. But apparently he was helping, he was helping Cam Newton learn the playbook. And as much as that's, that's good to see a young quarterback standing the playbook really well, I think for Cam Newton already being, having a season under his belt in New England, that he should be able to know the playbook at least well enough that he doesn't have to be taught by the young guy coming in about the playbook. So I don't know if there was just motivation issues there. Maybe he, maybe he didn't quite connect with Bill Belichick the way that other quarterbacks have in the past, but I do believe that he deserves a chance in this league. There's no way there are 30, 32 quarterbacks that are better than he is. Um, I'll also say a dark course to, to possibly look at getting him um, would be the Denver Broncos just because of the fact that um, there really isn't an answer there right now. Um, we saw what Teddy Bridgewater did. Uh, me, I've seen an up close and personal with him being with um, the Carolina Panthers. Just being 0 for 8, and when it came down to game-winning situations, um, overall, that's that's unacceptable as a starting quarterback in the league. So, um, And then Drew Locke isn't much better. So I, I can see him going, and I mean, John Elway likes him. So I could I could see him going to Denver also. Um, they have the young weapons and Judy and Cortland Sutton and uh, Noah Fant, and they just drafted the running back from Carolina. Um, so I mean they have the weapons and then their defense their defense if they stay healthy and if they stay out of trouble like uh, Bradley Chubb, um, <laughs> if they stay out of trouble then. Um, their defense should be really good. And even going back to New England, I think personally there had to have been more than just Cam Newton's playing abilities that went on there because in my mind, he would have been, even even if he didn't get the starting job, he would have been a great quarterback as a backup, helping Mac Jones, being that mentor there and having even what, what I said could happen in Washington, having kind of a, having a split split time as the quarterback there. So, in my opinion, there must have been something more, either him and Bill Belichick or something else that just did not quite fit or click. Because cutting him, even if he didn't get the starting job, just made no sense to me. Yeah, I did, Matt Jones did say that Cam was a great mentor and he plans to, you know, keep in touch with Cam just because, you know, it's Cam Newton. There's a lot to learn from the guy. Uh, uh, One I mean, thing that... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, one thing that uh, just seemed kind of like off to me was the whole um, miscommunication thing as far as the COVID protocols. If you were able to get a uh, doctor's appointment that was approved by the team, um, but then there was some kind of COVID misunderstanding, it is it. And then all of a sudden, Mac Jones steps in and takes over because I don't think at all this camp that Mac Jones has outplayed camp to to warrant him 
to warrant Cam not even getting a chance to show what he can do. Um, and, you know, they put up very similar numbers. And not to mention that Mac Jones has um, – that Cam has gotten most of the first team reps during all the training camp, all the preseason, to the point to where um, they put up similar numbers. But Mac Jones was going was going up against the second and third stringers. I mean, if you look at the stats, Mac Jones played a lot more preseason than Cam. Like the only time they had about an even game was that second preseason game, where they both went off for a hundred yards. But other than that, Mac Jones. Well, the first the first game, Cam was more efficient than Mac too in uh, getting yards, but I think that third game really sealed it into the coffin that who they wanted as their starter. But I, I really don't understand why, you know, he couldn't be kept as a secondary quarterback. I mean, he, I, he's, I mean, yeah. he's obviously dropped off from where he used to be. He used to be that MVP caliber quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to reach that level again. But he was that once upon a time. He knows how to throw a football. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I think Mac Jones may have outplayed him in the preseason, but not to the extent where you're cutting Cam Newton. Right. Like cutting Cam Newton should not have been an option. I think the the only way it makes sense in my head as far as why the Patriots cut Cam was because of the fact that um, just the storylines, the – Okay, if, if Mac Jones has a bad game, you don't want the camera to be on camera. Like, oh, well, when is Cam's coming in? Or, um, you know, just that constant pressure of having someone like Cam who's a big personality, um, who's vocal about how he feels and stuff like that. Um, having that behind you, as a, especially as a rookie quarterback, and you already have enough pressure on you for being a first-round pick and, um, you know, being the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots as it is. But I think that's, uh, that's, the, di- that's the difference between elite and good quarterbacks. I think that's good for especially young quarterbacks, having experienced guys behind you, pushing you and forcing you to be better. I think that's where it really weeds out from the good and the elite quarterbacks. And if Mac Jones wants to be an elite quarterback in this league, I think, and I mean, he, he did not seem in favor of cutting Cam Newton. But that should be a driving force to make you want to be better, even as from the New England Patriots perspective, especially if Cam Newton doesn't get that starting job, which obviously he didn't. Newton would be the guy who will work twice as hard to try and get that starting position back. And I can only see that being good things. But Yeah, I can definitely say that Mac was not a factor, like himself and getting Cam cut. Uh, and I can definitely tell you, I don't think Bill Belichick or even Robert Kraft would be the type to fold under media pressure, you know, asking constantly, oh, when's Cam coming in? Just because Mac has one, two, three bad games. Basically, like, at least Bill seems very set on Mac being that guy. So he'd stick by Mac no matter, you know, he throws five interceptions in the game. I just think they wanted more of the uh... – that Mac just fits them better. They yeah. wanted more of the uh, the pocket passer type of player, the more Tom Brady like player. Yeah. The or even the Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to, you know. How even much, um, even Cam doesn't play like he used to. Like 
zero rushing attempts in that preseason in any of the games. Like, like the old Cam Newton is kind of like the Lamar Jackson of today. He was that rushing quarterback who had the dual threat, and you don't see that in Cam Newton anymore. I don't know if it's just he doesn't have that fight, but I don't see that. He still seems to have that fight, so I don't know where that went, but he has become more of a pocket passer type of player. It came with the the age and the amount of uh, hits he took. Yeah, yeah. And if you, because the way Carolina set them set him up, as far as setting him up with weapons and stuff like that, he has never really had a good uh, offensive had good offensive weapons. Um, he had Steve Smith for one season. Um, he had a healthy Kelvin Benjamin for one season. Um, but his best season, his his receivers were Ted Ginn, Philly Brown, and Jericho Cotri. His best receiver was his tight end being Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's and then he didn't have Christian uh, Christian McCaffrey until um, it was that year, the first year under North Carolina. So um, it's hard to say because he, he was he was the offense. He was the Panthers' offense for a while. And um, so when he took matters into his own hands as far as, like, running, he took a lot of hits. And, he, I mean, even – you can see it even in his MVP season where, we went, where the Panthers went 15-1. and one. Um, The offensive line wasn't very good. Um, you saw it as Mike Remus got exposed in the Super Bowl by uh, Vaughn Miller. Um, and it's just – uh, you know, the offensive line wasn't very good. So he, he, Cam always took it. So it, it just added up to him. And um, if you look into the, the last season that he played healthy for us, we was six and two going into that uh, Steelers game. Um, early in the Steelers game, he got sacked by TJ Watt and uh, he hurt his shoulder, his darn shoulder. And then ever since then, it wasn't he wasn't the same because he tried to play through the injury instead of sitting out, and uh, we ended up missing the playoffs that year. It went like one in one in seven the rest of the, the rest of the year. So um, it was that was hard to watch, but uh, but yeah, it was just the amount of the amount of hits he took. You know, he can't always. You're not going to expect him to keep the running pace and stuff like that up throughout the course of his career. He tried to change that up and become more of a pocket passer. He was he had the highest completion percentage that first year under North Turner, um, before he got hurt. And then when he when he hurt his throwing shoulders just his his throwing strength wasn't there anymore. Um, because a lot of and this has been Cam's issue in the past, uh he doesn't really have great mechanics when it comes to throwing a ball. Um, he uses his legs a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, he uses his arms. He uses straight arms. Uh, he doesn't use his legs. Um, so when he had his throwing shoulder and that strength wasn't there anymore, there's some passes where he couldn't get to. There's, there's some throws where he can't he can't make no more because he was just using his arms. All right, so let's move on from the Camden situation. We wish him the best, obviously, wondering what team's going to get him. 
But so I know the season hasn't started yet. But I want to know what you guys have picked for your way to early awards. Who do you think is going to win each of these awards? And we'll start off with the comeback player of the year. <laughs> comeback, oh, player, comeback player of the year. I think, I think it could be Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he was out for a lot of last season. And the man, we've seen him at his best. And he's an absolute animal on the field. So assuming he stays healthy... I can't see it being anyone else. Um, I can I can personally agree with you there, um, but that you know that's a little bit biased on my point. But as <laughs> Christian McCaffrey healthy, um, not only is he the Panthers' offense, he is probably uh, he is the best running back in the league. Um, I, I don't think there's a question to that. Um, you know, you, you try to bring the comparisons of the Alvin Kamara's and Saquon's. Saquon can't stay healthy, and Alvin Kamara hasn't put up the same type of numbers um, being the lead horse, the lead back, as Christian has. Um, and it's not like Christian's the only weapon. You have DJ Moore, you have Robbie Anderson. Um yeah, you have people like that uh, that have been successful in the Panthers' offense, um, but he he brings a different dynamic. He brings being able to run in between the tackles, run outside, uh, catch the ball, catch the ball, and run routes like a receiver. Um, it kind of reminds you of like the Le'Veon Bell uh, in his prime. With the, the old Philly. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Um, so I would say another choice for comeback player of the year um, would have to be uh, Dak Prescott. Um, That's actually who I have as my comeback player of the year. <laughs> like, if you yeah, so, saw the things he was doing last season, like before right. his injury, uh, he was still ranked up there, I probably think in the last, in the top 32 of quarterbacks in passing yards, and he was out most of that season last year right so given this whole season with the Cowboys I think he could be that comeback player of the year I think a dark horse though this this is gonna be a hot take but Le'Veon Bell speaking of Le'Veon Bell he's he's getting older he's past his prime but the Ravens they have no running backs anymore he just got signed there and you know what? Personally, I can't see it happening, but there is a chance, I think, with that offense that he gets a couple touches and with the play style of Lamar Jackson, I could see something happening there. Insane. I mean, if it happens, we'll have it on record. And we'll yeah. say, wow, this <laughs> that, man that is a steaming hot take right there. Uh, we'll, we'll take it. So, defensive rookie of the year. J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. Yeah. Just because you're in the Panthers? <laughs> I mean, I'm biased. I'm biased with mine, too. I said Jeremiah Alosu Koromola, the linebacker uh, uh, from the Browns. Browns right? Yeah. I don't um, – I could see it, but I can also see either Horn or uh, Sertain. Sertain's um, another good one. Just because – and I say Horn because he's, he's that physical presence um, – uh, he has the build like a Jalen Ramsey. Uh, uh, he'll handle a lot of the 
physical the physical style of play receivers that the NFC South has with um, uh, Michael Thomas whenever he comes back, Kelsey, and uh, Mike Evans. Um, I guess you got to deal with Calvin Ridley now, but just just the receivers like that, the the bigger, more Keenan Allen type build receivers. Um, I think we play the Cardinals this year, so we'll you'll see. Uh, D hop. So if he has a good season playing receivers like that, then I and has the numbers as far as like the interceptions um, and the pass breakups, uh, it, it's possible. Same as Sertain. Um, but Sertain has to, has to be able to stick with the Tyree Kills and the Henry Ruggs of that other division. And um, I, I don't think he has a speed for it. Now I got I got two picks. One of them's a very biased pick um, from the Saints, Peyton Turner. That's I I'm, I'm a Saints guy, and I think with that Saints defense, they have a good defense, and he could fit right in. And I could see him doing very well. Another guy would be uh, Joe Tyron in Tampa Bay. Also, it's a defense with some more experience, and I think with those guys around him. He could he could shine, especially because with the Buccaneers, you know, Tom Brady and that offense will do well. I think with that kind of offense, it will put less pressure on the defense and give them more of a place to shine and get comfortable. All right, so let's move on to the offensive rookie of the year. Um, so for me, this one. I actually put Mac Jones because he is going to be that day one starter for the Patriots. He fits exactly into the mold that Belichick wants. Like He's going to be able to produce well on the Patriots. Now, will that correspond to the Patriots making the playoffs? Probably not, no. But it's going to get him to the place where they can be like, yeah, he is the offensive rookie. Um. I have Justin Fields. I think, in my opinion, he has the highest ceiling out of all the quarterbacks drafted this year. And that he, to me, he shines out. I mean, we all know about his his IQ level, just how smart of a guy he is. And I think he'll be able to adapt to the NFL really well. And he's the kind of guy who can just pick apart a defense. And I think in Chicago, he's going to shine. And I can see him getting the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. My choice would have to be Zach Wilson. See, um, that's, that's that's a good one. That was my second pick. I'm staying away from Justin Fields just because I don't know how long it'll take the Bears to realize right. that he should be their day one starter. Like, it yeah. could be well into week three, four, that they're like, all right, Andy Dalton is not working out for us. Let's switch over to Justin Fields. And by that point, it's going to be too late for him to – keep up with the, you know the yeah. rookies that have already started that that was that was my big thing um Zach Wilson uh there's no doubt that he's a starter um there's no nobody behind him nobody that can possibly take his spot um I like his weapons a little bit more than uh Trevor Lawrence's um mm. I, I like Corey Davis a lot I think Corey Davis will shine this year he already has a good rapport with Zach Wilson, uh, we've seen it all preseason. Um, 
and I like Elijah Moore a lot, rookie out of Ole Miss. Um, I think he has the potential to be a star. Um, I, I just like that over the uncertainty of DJ Chark. And then um, you got Leviscus Chenault, who's good, but I don't know. I, I just don't know about him. Um, my my reasoning over choosing him over like Fields or, or Lance is just like uh, what Abuna was saying was uh, the uncertainty of when they're going to start or when they're going to go into that sole number one QB role. Um, I know there's all, the 49ers are talking about doing a QB two quarterback system with Garoppolo and Lance right now. So um, it's just really about when they start, how soon they start, and then the numbers once they the numbers they put up once they do start. Um, and I can, yeah. I think with with your Zach Wilson pick, it makes sense to the fact where he he gets to develop at his own pace to an extent because he has no one pushing him. But I've always been a guy that I think having someone there pushing you will make you a better better player. And I think in Chicago, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. I think Justin Fields is way better than Andy Dalton is. I mean, especially in the future. But even now, Fields should be getting the start in my opinion. But I think once once they give Fields a chance, he's going to take off just because he knows he has that chance and now he has to jump on it. And I can see that just making the season blow up for him. See, before we move on to our next player, I mean, our next uh, award, I'm just going to say something about the Justin Fields situation. I was all for Justin Fields starting week one until I saw who they played. They're playing the, they're playing the Rams. Yeah. Aaron Donald. I don't want to I don't want to put <laughs> Justin Fields against Aaron Donald week one. Like that's just asking for you know welcome Justin, to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Fields wake up to the NFL again, you know, real early. So I mean, yeah. yeah. Let Andy Dalton get hit by Aaron Donald and then put Justin Fields in week two. Like, I, we got you now. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm looking out for you. But, okay, your defensive players. And you know what? Speaking of Aaron Donald, I have him down as mine. Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, those are my two picks. Yeah, I was going to say Aaron Donald, too. Yeah. He's he's an animal. He's, he's built from – I don't know what planet he's from, but he's an animal. I I can see him just exploding like he always does. And so I have him as my defensive player of the year as well. The thing with Aaron Donald, um, you can pretty much give him that award every year. I think that Aaron Donald will start to get the LeBron treatment. Um, you know, he, he's so used to being in the conversation that people start to overlook him. And um, so my choice would be, I have three players. Um, TJ Watt for the Steelers, um, who led the league in sacks last year. Um, my other choice would be Miles Garrett. And I agree with y'all on that one. Um, and then my last choice would be the other star in, uh, in that LA defense, being Jalen Ramsey. Um, Jalen Ramsey has consistently shut down uh, receivers. 
I feel that. Okay. I'm not mad at it. I yeah, I, I I can't disagree with what you said. TJ TJ Watt was my second option in Pittsburgh there. So yeah. All right. So let's go on to your offensive players of the year. Who won it last year? I believe it was, was it Kelsey. Oh, might have been. Hold on, I got you. Um, but for my pick, I picked Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that, you know, he's quite done with the Packers. Like, he's just going to go out with that one last, fuck you, you know, I did this. And, like, that's going to be his parting gift to them. I don't quite think he'll get, what's it called, the MVP. But I do think that, you know, Offensive Player of the Year would be a nice way to go out. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry won it last year. Okay, well, it's Derrick Henry. Derrick. I can't see Aaron Rodgers doing it. I mean, he's he's a great quarterback. I'm not taking away from that. I don't think he's going to be that guy and get the Offensive Player of the Year. I think as much as I hate to say it, I'm not a fan of Patrick Mahomes at all, but the Chiefs' offense is insane, and I can see Patrick Mahomes getting Offensive Player of the Year. Now it's crazy. I'm looking at this list of offensive player of the years. Quarterbacks don't win it as often as I thought. So I might that's choose I might have to choose someone else. That's what that's what my thought that's what my uh my argument was going to be. Um it's more of a running back heavy type of award. Um I mean, don't get me wrong, quarterbacks have won it like quite a bit, but it's mostly running backs, a wide receiver here and there. But my second my second choice was going to be Christian McCaffrey. Like I said, I think he's going to be the comeback player of the year. I can see that also translating into an offensive player of the year as well. I mean, shit. I'm, I'm shocked you're saying that being a Saints fan. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, All right. uh, I mean, I can go Christian. Um, I think it's very possible for him to win it. I think he should have won it two years ago. Um Mm-hmm. When he had the thousand thousand seasons, but hey, but, Michael Thomas got it. So you know what? I also feel that. Uh, let's see, say Christian. I think with the with Latavius Murray just getting released, I think uh, Alvin Kamara has a very good chance to win it. I also think that Dalvin Cook has a very good chance to win it. Um. Quarterback-wise, it would be Mahomes. I don't think anybody else. Maybe Lamar, depending on how Lamar does this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and receiver, I got Tyreek or D-Hop. All right, so we got like eight minutes before this ends on us, so let's move on to MVP. I got this, like, this man finished second in MVP voting this year. I mean, yeah, this past season. I think he's going to win it this season. It's got to be Josh Allen. I fucking love that, man. Like, Josh Allen as a player has been on an incredible, like, increase in skill and ability. I think that this is his year to win the MVP. Yeah, I I can't blame you for that. I would – I don't know if I agree, but I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think a dark horse for it could be Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. They have a lot of they have a lot of pieces there, and 
this could be the year where they make a splash and I can see it happening. Is that my favorite? I don't think so, but I think he's definitely a dark horse. Really? See, most people is- dark horse is, is uh, this year is Matthew Stafford. Now that he's out of the Lions and gone to the Rams. Think so. no, don't don't get no. me wrong, Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback, but I feel that he's gotten overhyped and overrated within the short period of time of yeah. him leaving the Lions and going to the Rams. Yeah, right. This man has had injury issues. Um, he's only taken the Lions to the playoffs once and didn't win a game. Um, he had Calvin Johnson on a team, um, who was just a just became all of Fame. So I mean, he had opportunities. He's had teams. Um, he had Darius Slay I mean, as far as the defense. Uh, Golden Tate is no scrub. Marvin Jones is no scrub. So I mean, he has he has had teams. Um, I mean, he even had what Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I mean, if you know me, I I make fun of Lions fans. That's what I do. So I'm not the one that said Matthew Stafford. Other people said it. Like when I was looking online, I was like, all right, well, you guys are just, I mean, I can't hate on the man now that he's not on the Lions, but you know, um, still, it's still fuck the Lions 24-7. Just because. <laughs> the Lions are not good for you to even have an opinion on them. But um, my choices for MVP, uh, I think Mahomes wins it again. I, I think Mahomes gets his second second MVP. Just because of the fact that this is the first year um, where he doesn't really have any, a lot of a lot of options as far as like the receiver group, I think this is his worst receiver group that he's had um, throughout it, through his career so far. Because um, if you look at it behind Tyreek Hill, who does he really have? Nico Harmon hasn't really been the person. Um, that he was supposed to be. Uh, th- there's been a lot of points where he, he doesn't even get snaps over Demarcus Robinson. Um, um, and then my dark horse would have to be uh, who did I have? Oh, Baker Mayfield. Hell yeah. I yeah. All right. So we're reaching towards the end of the podcast. I just want to go through some teams real quick and you guys just give me, you know, their records if you guys are prepared for that. Um, so let's go with, let's start off with the Bills. I have them going 13 and 4. No, yeah, 12, and five. 12, yeah, 12 and 5. Right. Patriots. 10 and 7. 9 and 8. Well, I was going to say uh, 8 8 and uh, 8 and 9. All right. Dolphins. Ten and seven as well. Ten and seven. Oh, their team is a good team. It's just built off on how successful Tua can be. Oh, I was gonna go seven and ten. I can't see them having a good year. I had seven and ten as well. Really? Yeah. They just went ten and six last year. Oh, that is true. Oh, all right. I'll go eight and nine. I'll just. (laughs) 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 All right, Jets. Uh, two and fifteen. Ooh, I was gonna three and fourteen. Four and thirteen. <laughs> Steelers. Steelers. Um, thirteen and four. And 
I don't think they win double digit again. I, I think it's nine and uh, what eight? Ten and seven. Browns. Browns. Um, I think Browns win the division. I think they yeah. go thirteen and four. Yeah, I was gonna say thirteen and four as well. Yeah, you guys have more faith in my Browns than I did. I had eleven and six. <laughs> That's not too bad. Ravens. Uh. Eleven and six. Yeah, I was gonna say twelve and five. Twelve and but five. I, I I don't know. I feel like it's a little high, but I'll stick with it. I had twelve and five too. Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I don't like this, but uh, four and thirteen. Two and fifteen. <laughs> five and twelve. <laughs> Titans. Titans go twelve and five. 12 13, and five. And, thirteen and four. All right. Colts. I feel like the the that division is going to be like the uh like the NFC East this year. I think it's gonna be real close. Um Tennessee will win it, but I think the Colts go nine and eight. Seven and ten. Nine and eight. Jaguars. Like three and fourteen. Four and thirteen. I say I say three and fourteen as well. Texans. Two and fifteen. Oh and seventeen. <laughs> one one and sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had the Texans down as our first 0-17 team ever. I do not think we'll get through the rest of this before this timer ends, but let's keep going. Chiefs, 14-3. and 16-1. Chargers, 10-7. 7-10. 11-6. Raiders, 7-10. 8-9. Broncos, 8-9. Six and eleven. Nine and eight. Washington, seven and ten. Six and eleven. Uh ten and seven. All right. We got no time for this. So we'll just get down to the Panthers real quick. Panthers I got six and eleven. Five and twelve. Seven and ten. And then we'll hit your team, the Saints, nine and eight. Ten and seven. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's been a great time, and we're ready to give you guys a more consistent schedule. So it's been a pleasure to have both of you guys here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Great talking. All right. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time.